0: What if your body was a gift and contribution to your life and not something that you've been stuck with? What if your body could change quickly and easily? Right Body for You will inspire you and show you a different way of creating the body and the life you truly desire. Now, here's your host, Danielle.
1: Hello, everyone. Greetings. This is Danielle. This is Right Body for You. Thank you for joining me each week. I am having. So much fun being back on the radio and sharing uh tips and tools and techniques with you guys every week. Um just a reminder, Right Body For You is and does use the tools of Access Consciousness. Um Right Body For You is a Access Consciousness company. And Access Consciousness is and we have background noise. That would be my guest, Susie. <laughs> she is I Susie Godsey is joining me today. Um, Susie Godsey is works with Access Consciousness also, and we're going to have a lot of fun today because she is an amazing animal whisperer, communicator, worker with animals, and all sorts of things. And so I asked her to come on today because bodies and animals have an interesting interesting connection, and it's more than just people bodies, you know, that we like to talk about on this radio show. We also like to talk about animal bodies. And I know for me, I have a great time. My body enjoys having my two cats around. So I went ahead and asked Susie to join us today. Susie, are you there?
2: I am here, and I got rid of the background
1: noise, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Susie and I... This is pre recorded today, so I'm sorry um, if you have any questions in the live chat room. We won't be able to enter it today because Susie and I will be in Costa Rica while this one is airing. Susie is already in Costa Rica, so if you might hear, you know, like chimpanzee noises or something in the monkey noises or growls or parrots or something, there is a reason. It's because uh, Susie's in the jungle and Animals know that Susie is around, and they like to come visit her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, thank you, Danielle. And uh, just also, um, the resort is wonderful, wonderful, and there isn't a lot of soundproof um, areas here that I can be in. And, of course, today they decided to do everything from lawn mowing to leaf blowing to everything that you could imagine. So I am very sorry. We will probably encounter some of those noises occasionally, but I'll do my best to run from them as quickly as possible.
1: No, absolutely. That's the fun and the joy. Even though this isn't a live show, one of my favorite sayings is, is it was recorded live. So we're doing it. (laughs) We're doing it live, not dead. Our bodies are still with us, which for a right body for you is is um, a great benefit. So, Susie, why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about what you do with the animals and just you and your body. My body.
2: My body and I are enjoying Costa Rica at the moment, absolutely. And, yeah, what do I do? Um, I really took the tools of access consciousness that I was introduced to about 10 years ago, And I started um, applying them to the animals. And it's really interesting because when I first got involved with Access Consciousness, I really didn't even know that I had any kind of talent and ability around animals. I have always really liked them my whole life and they've always been something I was interested in. But I didn't actually know I had anything going on. I just thought that whatever this was was just part of my life and it was normal. And I didn't think anything of it. Um, But when I first started Access Consciousness, um, Gary sort of gave me a little bit of a catapult into, hey, um, (laughs) do something, you know. Um, The animals are asking for it. The animals are requiring it. And that's been sort of the gift for me is to see that when we do have an affinity with something, we can really be a contribution. And that was something I wasn't really aware of, that I had been a contribution, that I and that I'm now choosing that even more because I am now actually being more out there talking to people and animals and everything to kind of create more awareness around that whole topic in our lives. So that's really kind of it in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> so. Well, and, and Susie does these amazing workshops all over the place, also called E S E E S S E and I'll have her tell you about that in a minute. And I have to tell you, Susie, um, I just did a Right Body for You workshop in Washington D.C., and I one of the participants in, in my class had taken class in Dallas, and she just kept going on about how amazing you were and what a great class it was and how much she learned. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm gonna have her on my show next week. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the Essie class is, is, a, is a class where we do body work on horses, and um, it's it's very interesting because, of course, it's not ever just body work when you do body work <laughs> because no. animals, too, sometimes can get stuck in a point of view that they have about something, and once they're stuck in it, you can really help them with the access consciousness tools to get unstuck, and then doing the body work on top of it can just alleviate the Um, physical stuff that has been created with the other stuff. Um, So it's been just like facilitating these classes and being around the horses has just been such an amazing gift for me personally, too, because the horses are, you know, how should I say this? The horses don't lie to us, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) if we are running a body process on them and if they don't like it, they will just walk away. Um If they would like to receive it, they come and they 're there and it's it's just so wonderful to observe that in so many ways because they are they know what they require and they know if if you have it to offer like I had this one class in Australia where we worked with a herd of horses that usually works with kids that are um having some trouble, and this particular way um in this particular way there they work with them completely. Um, unbridled so the horses come in on their own and they work with the kids and when they're done they leave and so um, what was interesting the lady told us they always have sort of an order depending on which kids are there and what group is there but always there's some that are first and some that are last and this one horse was always last to come in to work with the kids well, when we were there as our group, uh, who was there with the intent to work on the horses, that horse came in first. <laughs> so <laughs> she was really astounded um, that this horse was like, okay, I'm having this and I'm coming now. <laughs> so they are aware of
1: what's going on. Oh, you know, and it's so amazing. And you know, it take for us as people to be able to on ourselves that way as well to go like, you know, if that that's not working for me or hey, would you be able to would you be willing to move just a little bit or that kind of stuff because I know my cats do that. It's like if I start running energy on them and it's not quite where they might want it, they'll like shimmy shimmy shake down or flip over and go, "Nope, right here." And <laughs> exactly. It is so amazing to see that, and how much more potent that the body processes are. And what we're talking about are the Access customers' hands-on body processes that um, work on the energetic level to help your body back to its natural state of self-healing. Um, we have in Access and Right Body for You, we have over fifty body processes that are just amazing, um, and they're specific energies called up in a specific way to. Uh, like I said, help get that body back to its natural state of healing. And we have different ones for like immune system. Um, we even have one for facelift, which I haven't seen any of the animals really worried about how they look <laughs> in the mirror yet. But, uh, <laughs> but I know it's really popular with the people population out there. Um, but also, you know, things to, like, help you uh, even be more present. And uh, these are really fun things. And this is why I asked Susie to join in today, because, you know, animals have bodies. (laughs) People have bodies. (laughs) Uh, I know it's a shocker, but, yes, animals have bodies. And they are some ways we can work on them very similar. And also, you know, working with Susie and just hanging around her, it's amazing and my animals, myself, how much my body feels better when my animals are around. Um, You know, I miss them Mm -hmm. when I travel, and I've learned a lot of techniques from Susie to keep in in communion with my animals. And one of the things I do that Susie uh, suggested is I have pictures of my two cats, so I energetically connect with them, and I even will pet the picture. (laughs) (laughs) So that they're there. Um, so I wanted to explore that a little bit today, too, about how, like, how our bodies and the animal bodies kind of, like, are a gift to each other, and how else that you know, and also how it all works with the earth, because I know you work with the earth a lot too in your in your workshops. Um, you know, I think the title of the show is "What if Dog wasn't your only best friend?" And, you know, <laughs> and I talk a lot about in the Right Body for You workshops to watch the owls, how they are with their bodies and how quick they are to let go of those points of view. And, you know, will you talk about it a little bit, Susie? Because I know you said, like, sometimes they have a point of view, but like people, they tend to let it go quickly. Am I correct in that?
2: Yeah. Um. For the most part, they are always willing to let go of their point of view very, very fast. And what I have noticed, too, is that, Um, you know, people need to be willing to go along for the ride with their animals. Like I, in the beginning, you know, when when Gary was sort of pushing me forth um, to kind of do this work, I thought, oh, great, I'll just work with the animals. I love doing that anyway. But what I discovered is that the animal and their person are really not a separate entity in the sense that they are together energetically in a woven a lot more than most people are willing to actually recognize, and yeah. that's um, that's one thing too. It's like, you know, we often see our animals' contribution so much in just the physical realm. Like you were saying, you know, we we get to pet them and they they cuddle up next to us, and it's it sort of has that sense of like space and peace and and this wonderful sensation of being able to like connect with another being in the physical, but so often there is so much more going on energetically that most of us are not really being really truly willing to acknowledge. And that's the part where sometimes the communication and the way that animals and their people are breaks down because people aren't willing to totally acknowledge that. Um, You know, and it's very interesting to me. I have noticed also, and, you know, talking about bodies and I have noticed so often that, you know, people and their pets are on the same medication, which always makes me laugh, and it's also, of course, you know, I go, okay, so who was first here? But, you know, um, basically, animals are so willing to assist our bodies on an energetic level, and if we're sick, they're willing to basically take that out of our bodies, and often then they may get stuck with the disease, um, and I'm really saying this ease, like they're no longer having ease in their bodies. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, you're here, you have the person being on some kind of pancreas medication, and then next thing you know, their dog is on the same med. So, um, yeah, very interesting connections here that are not serendipitous.
1: <laughs> no, no, right? And, you know, and I love how you say that that the animals are here and so willing to uh, facilitate things for us with their bodies. Um, We have to take a quick break, but let's talk more about when we come back. Let's talk about how um, times you've seen um, pets doing that for their owners and how we as owners can actually contribute to the pets so they don't, you know, destroy themselves trying to take care of the stupid people who are not listening to them. Oh, Uh. I know, interesting point of view. All right, so <laughs> this, is, this is Danielle. This is Right Body for You. I'm with uh, guest Susie Gazzi today, and we will take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
3: What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. Thirteen years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question, and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer, it's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com What if your body could be an ease and not a burden? What would life be
0: like if you could enjoy your body? What if changing your body was easier than we've been taught? And what if it's not about the latest fad?
1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Right Body For You on ADZN FM. And I am talking today with animal amazingness person, Susie Godsey. <laughs> I'm just making up titles for you now, Susie. And um <laughs> we're talking I right? we're talking today about um bodies and animals, animal bodies, people bodies and how they can contribute to each other or the earth and just, you know, whatever wherever the energy takes us. And I have to tell you guys, just, you know, just in the love it information category, during that first segment, as we were talking about people and animals and animals helping people with their bodies and whatnot, my cat decided to come over and throw up a hairball. It's like she walked in (laughs) and went, hello, here's a hairball. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) I'm so grateful that you're giving me a hairball. How does it get better than that? (laughs) <laughs> um, they contribute in so many ways <laughs> um, so right before the show we were talking to you brought up uh, how um, animals can actually um, contribute to their owners by actually trying to assist them in healing their their the, healing their owners bodies and you said that they often take the same medication and it's funny because it's a common joke and I've seen so many cartoons that people and their pets look alike, you know, and it's like <laughs> which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know, and um, so you really one bunch of that is the the animal just going, hey, you know, let's let's what can I do for you today? And we also had a, a write in question saying, I had a dog take crap out of my body and immediately throw up. I felt really bad. Should we feel bad? And maybe you can address that too as we're talking about this about um, you know, how animals contribute to our bodies and what they try to do, and what we can do as people to help them to help us or not destroy themselves trying to help us.
2: Yeah, that is really a, a great question, and something that often comes up because people, once they recognize, uh, some people do actually recognize it all on their own without anyone like making them aware of it because in a way you you do know like all of us have this weird thing that we actually know something um <laughs> and you know a lot of people actually recognize that their animals will contribute to them when they're sick and and try to take out their stuff and you know and the people often go immediately into oh My poor animal, I don't want him to do that for me. I don't want him to do that. This is awful. I don't want him to suffer or I don't want her to suffer when I'm going through this or my disease, you know, now my animal has it, like, this is awful, this is bad. Now, that's the part where the biggest, biggest contribution that you actually can be to your animal is to acknowledge them for what they're doing and not try to stop it because, The animal actually really doesn't have a point of view about helping you. The animal, well, the animal's point of view is that they're going to do it no matter what. So (laughs) even if you tell them to stop, they're just going to keep doing it. So there is no way that you can actually tell them to stop it. The only way that you can do that makes it easier for them is by actually acknowledging them for it and then, with the acknowledgement, you can ask them and their body to dissipate it faster. And so that's really the biggest contribution you can be to them, to acknowledge it and allow them to dissipate it by the mere acknowledgement and reminding them that they don't have to hold on to it and that you are also aware of the disease that you are having. Or if it's another family member, sometimes, you know, it may not be just you. um, It may be somebody else. Um, I've had it in the strangest way, even an animal still working on a person that has already passed away. So energetically wow. speaking, there are no limits to all of this. So um, so sometimes we may not even know who we are working on. But if it is a disease that is sort of strangely not going away with ease or the animal is dealing with it in a way that is, unusual, like for example, a dog that has cancer is living way longer than a dog with this kind of cancer should have, then often that's an indication that they are actually working on somebody else's body and that it's not really coming from them or that it's not really a disease that originated in them of their own body stuff, basically. So um, that's, that's probably the best I can explain it, even though it's really not that easy and it's often way more complex because this whole energetic connection thing, I really get that we are just scratching on the surface of that. And there is a lot, a lot more that, you know, I am certainly getting from the animals on a daily basis. And, you know, there is so much more to know about all this that I feel like, yes, maybe I have an inclination of that, but the depth of all this to me is, uh, yeah, we're just barely scratching on the surface here.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know, and for me, it was such an amazing realization because even as a kid, of course, you know, as kids, we tend to let ourselves know more before we think our way out of it as adults. Um, but I always felt better like if I had a stomach ache or I cried. I mean, my animals, whether it was my cat or my dogs that I had when I was a kid, they would come up and just kind of sit with me, and. What was interesting is I had misclassified that they were being sympathetic, but now mm-hmm. that I'm I'm older, I know it wasn't for, like taking class with you and Gary Douglas, the founder of Access. It wasn't so much about sympathetic as contribution, which is a bit different. And can you can you address that a little bit? The difference between it's not being sympathetic, but it's actually like contributing and changing things. Because do pets have or animals have? They don't have emotions quite like we do, right?
2: No. Um animals definitely don't have the emotions that we have. They they do have things that um you know, it's so funny because I always laugh about this because now of course science is finally proving um that animals <laughs> have emotions, which which I find really interesting. So because before that there was the train of thought that animals cannot have compassion, that animals cannot be sad, that animals cannot be um aware of things that happened in the past, etcetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And now science is really proving, oh, wait a minute, we got all this wrong. Animals actually do have all these emotions. Now, this is actually the other part where it can create a little bit of havoc in another direction because now I hear people saying like, oh, my dog is jealous and my dog does this and my dog does that. But I find that most of the what we call emotions that animals have are more done from this place of awareness. If I had a new set of words that I could use for what animals are exhibiting, I would use them because um, they are capable of so many things, but I would call it sort of an awareness part of it rather than falling into the emotional part, which, you know, animals don't do emotions the way we do. In a sense, they don't hold on to them. They don't, um, you know, they don't like, dwell in them you know and Mm -hmm. when the energy changes they're out of them immediately so it's not really the part that they are that they think they have to like keep doing whereas when we're sad we're like oh I'm sad now and look at all the reasons why we are sad and why we have to hold on to it and then we want someone to get us out of it or not or like we play these games often (laughs) but (laughs) animals don't do that you know (laughs) so So I wouldn't actually quite call it an emotion, but yet the capacity they have to perceive things and to be compassionate is is definitely there. Now, it's but it's still not done from this thing of like, oh, let me help you. It's more like, hey, we are in this together, so let me contribute to you energetically. So if you are starting to feel bad, if you're going through something, the animal will then go like, hey, here, let me contribute to you, but not from the point of view of like, oh, you're sad, let me get you out of it. It's more like, hey, I can perceive that there's an energy that you're stuck in. Let me contribute to you to change that. Because an animal is always looking at, like, how can we have all this be easy and how can we all this have, basically, they're always looking at the whole group being um, energetically in the most ease possible. Like, that's maybe the best way I can describe it. So, Within your little pack, the animal will always look at, oh, where can I contribute my energy to actually lift this off, um, whatever this is, you know, the heaviness of a disease or um, an emotional stress that somebody is going through, whatever it is. So it's kind of like that. Um, So if that makes sense, I hope this this did make sense on some level. Well,
1: yeah, and somebody is a great, Somebody uh, sketched it on the live chat and said, Do they see this as their job? You know, because, like, and with people, it's a job is a serious thing and it's binding and it's, you know, intense. Do they see it as a job or just part of who they be or something else?
2: Yeah. I think it's more like the way they're being. It's more like this is what is part of being part of our living together. And, you know, animals that live with us have a Adopted us into their living with each other part, so it's like they no longer are separate from us they are um they are part of us in that in that sense so it I don't think it's a job in that sense it's more like well, this is what we do, this is who we be. this is what is done when you are living together when you are. Being in in a in a unit here of some sort, you know. So I think it's more that.
1: And and I know some people are going to listen to this and they go and they're going to want to go. Oh my gosh! Now if been wrong with my pet, are they taken out of me? Am I really sick or blah blah blah? Do animals also <laughs> create things? I know we're you know we're really cute that way. Um, do animals create things that sometimes have nothing to do with people? That they're just. Absolutely, yes, <laughs> yeah. absolutely.
2: And I'm sorry. Of course, we don't want to freak people out that that you know. Oh my God, everything my animal has is something they've taken out of me. No, animals can create uh, disease all on on their own. <laughs> and you know, um, why do they sometimes do that? Um, well, oftentimes, actually, what I have noticed is, um, and this is aside from. You know, where do where does disease come from anyway? I think, Danielle, we could probably talk about 16 hours about that. Oh, gosh, um, yes. That topic in itself, exactly, right? Um, so, but for me, um, you know, a lot of times when there is dis-ease in an animal, it usually comes from the possibility of uh, some other um, energetic breakdown that might have occurred. Like if an animal is trying to communicate to you, and you're not listening. That is one way that they may create these. Um, and then there is so many other things as well. Of course, they you know they can be subjected to um, something in the environment, or you know there's all those things,
1: of course, as well. Okay, so, cool. We actually need to take a break already. I'm just flies live. I I know I say that every week, you guys, but it's true every week. So we're um, gonna <laughs> take a quick little break. Uh, and welcome back um, shockingly we're going to talk more about animal bodies and people bodies and um, <laughs> how they're interacting I know right alright so this is Danielle this is Right thing For You with special guest Susie Godsey and we're on FM, and we will be right back
3: what if you really do change molecules by your interaction with them what if the change you've been looking for is right before your eyes what if the uncomfortableness that comes with difference could be fun what if the close-minded people of the world no longer determined our world? What if gratitude trumps judgment every time? What if your kindness healed the world? What if the earth is asking for your help? And what if you had the resources to give it? This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Picasso, da Vinci, Shakespeare, Aristotle all knew to be true. Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question. And everything changed for me. What if there are no dumb questions? Or any question too large? What if you being you are the gift and the change this world requires? Is now the time? For more questions to create a change in your world, sign up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. My gift to you, beingyouclass.com.
4: What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing?
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ready for You. This is Danielle, and I am with my special guest today, Susie Godsey, who works with animals, and she animals work with her, and and it's it's so fun to see Susie walk through the world with animals because she has such an energy and space with space with them that's so inviting. It's it's fun to watch. Like we were in this hotel in Rome, and the um the front desk person had a dog behind the counter and I had seen a million people, maybe not a million, but quite a few people come through and the dog would stand there behind the counter and just go, you know, obviously his job was to like, you know, frighten away or be protective. I don't know, but he was just like, and then Susie walks up and he stands on his hind leg and sticks his nose over and starts wagging his tail like, hello, 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 Susie, Susie, hi, hi, hi. And I'm like, of course. (laughs) He growled at everybody else, and he's like, "Who's Sus here, Susie's here, hello. <laughs> and, and you know, and I and I love to watch that, and I encourage people to be with their bodies like that. You know, to be such an invitation space and gift that, you know, when you, that your body's still happy it's with you every day and that, you know, other bodies are like, hello, hello. Oh, you're in this room. I just want to say hi. I just want to say hi. Hi, can I touch you? Okay, thank you, you know. And um, so it's it's fun, Susie, to watch you walk through the world and see how animals interact with you. Um, and you know, and I, it's it and it's interesting that space. And I'm so grateful to have been able to talk with you over the years, um, because I know my interaction with animals has has changed from that. And I was never a cool person to animals, and I was always grateful for them. But the awareness even around them has really been a tool or a gift. Because, like, I now have a a a one-and-a-half-year-old toddler, her mother and her father also, being with me and my two cats. And it was interesting because my two cats had never been around kids. And so when they were first moving in and I had all these points of view, I admit it, I'm like, well, my one cat's you know, 14 and a half years old and, you know, she's never been around kids and she's kind of ornery and I don't know what it's going to be like. And and so using the tools of access and with Susie, I'm like, okay, pod talk, all the points of view about age, about ornery, about that that because they haven't been around kids, that is going to be a problem and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And then what's been fun is to see the, um, my older cat Ice have absolutely no point of view because I is my point of view she has absolutely no point of view in interacting with the toddler and the toddler will just come up and pet her and play on her and everything and I'm like wow and for me and I know that uh, this has been so required is like when I first see them interacting instead of I, at first I would feel myself contract like oh, I hope she doesn't scratch her I actually I stopped <laughs> I pot talk myself and I I expand me and my body because my body's contracted too, right? So I expand me and my body out and I'm just I look at my niece's po- universe, the toddler, and I'm like, She has no point of view. She doesn't expect to be scratching. If she does, she's like, Okay, whatever, I irritated her to the point of scratching her, no big deal. And my cat actually turned around like when I expanded and kind of looked at me like, um, thank you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you know, there has been happening <laughs> with me. <laughs> there has been absolutely no problem with their interaction. Like I said, my niece will lay on her and go hello. I'm like wow, but I know that's been different because I've had the tools of how. To yeah, interact. and
2: and you know what? I know Danielle. This is really a cool point. Actually, like you know, how often are people go, coming to occlusion about their animal and how they are going to interact with like kids? Is a, a big is a big thing. And, you know, um, the thing with kids and animals is often also that kids are, we have to be willing to really ask a question about the kid as well as the animal. And, you know, um, in the advertisement, Dane said it so beautifully, it's like the question is really our best friend. And... You know, because there are kids out there that are not angelic beings all the time, you know. and uh, <laughs> That's a great way of saying that, by the way. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes they do things to animals that aren't kind. And we have to be willing as the people that are there and observing to really be willing to have both the back of the animal as well as our kids' backs. And so being willing to ask the question is our best friend because then we can really look at it and go, okay, in this particular situation, is this going to work? Um, and, you know, we we have to be really willing to, to listen to that and not just assume something. You know, you cannot assume because your dog has been kind to 10 children that he's going to be kind to the 11th one as well because that kid may be having a different energy that kid may have a different way of dealing with with animals that maybe isn't as kind as the 10 other ones did. And so, you know, in that situation, if you're not willing to be the question and ask questions and also recognize when energetically something is different, um, then you're going to run into some trouble. And a lot of people always say to me, oh, this came out of the blue. My dog has never done this before. And I always go, well, Trish, did it really come out of the blue or did you actually know something? And most people go, oh, you know what, I did have a weird feeling about this kid and I did have a weird mm-hmm. feeling about me coming over to see this family or, you know, whatever it is. And so please listen to those feather touches of awareness that come your way, especially with your animals, because you get a lot of information. And please don't discard it because this is how the universe is giving you information about something that can be really imperative information and so please be willing to listen to that because that's really the biggest, the biggest thing I see often is that people go into automatic, you know, like, oh well, it's always worked, so why should not it
1: work this time? Well, that sometimes is not the best option. <laughs> <laughs> no, and 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 you know, and I'm so glad you said that because like my other, my other niece with her son. Um, she was over at my sister's house, and my her her toddler boy had the cat backed into a corner. And at the same mm-hmm. time, my niece is going, "Well, she better not scratch. She better not scratch my." I said, "She has a I said, "She, your son has her backed into the corner. She's given your son's giving her no choice but to fight. And animals will do that." So it's like, "Give her a break. Let her get away." So I actually picked up the son. I'm like, "You can't back her into a corner. What do you expect her to do? You know some." it's with this point of view that like they have to submit no matter what because they're domestic. I'm like, they're still animals. They're domestic because they're choosing to be with us. Right. Or am I completely on that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, animals have been, have been choosing it and have been very willing to be um, basically part of our lives. And I think that's often something where we also go sort of array. We think like, Oh, we made them our slaves, but You know, the animals that have not been willing to work with us, they are still not working with us. You know, like, for example, I always love this example because it is sort of an interesting one. Um, Zebras and horses are very, very similar. Um, And so they are, um, uh, you know, they have the same body shape and all of that. Well, horses are willing to work with us, and they have been very willing to be domesticated. They have been willing to work with us for centuries or probably way beyond that, actually. But <laughs> yeah. zebras are not, you know. You you cannot ride a zebra. And so this is one of those things where I go, if an animal is actually willing to be your partner, um, they let you know. And no matter how big or small they are, if they're not willing, you can't force them in. So, um, so all the animals that are living with us that are um, part of our set up part of our whole living here on the planet have been basically doing it out of their own will and out of the contribution that they are willing to be for us and with us. And there's a lot of nuances in here. And I can hear some people saying like, well, but are they also choosing to, you know, be tortured and all that? That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. And, um, and, you know, but as a whole, they have chosen to be, part of our lives here on the planet that's all I'm trying to say right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes and and we'll have you on again Susie I know because this topic is big it really is and you know I know this is right body for you we talk a lot about people bodies and stuff but animal bodies carrying and nurturing our animal bodies are for me just as uh an important thing for me in my life. I mean, when my cats are taken care of, my body feels better. Um and I know it's a symbiotic relationship that we've chosen. And you know, and what's so we'll have to have you on again and talk more, more about people bodies and animal bodies. Um and what I find what one thing that you said to me that I was so grateful for is I said something about, well, my my first kitty you know, and I hate using the word older kitty because I'm afraid it just kind of like puts a point of view on her. But the, like, the kitty I got the first time, um, you know, I always say something about her being jealous that I got the second cat. And you're like, really? Was she jealous or just that you didn't ask her? I went, oh, because I had assumed she wanted the company. And then when I podpocked all the places I would put jealousy on her and was like, oh, sorry, I didn't ask you, you know. It's already been three years, but are you cool with the cat here? Their relationship improved, <laughs> which is interesting once exactly. I got rid of my, my point of view that she wasn't jealous. Because like you said earlier, jealousy is not really an emotion they have. And I can't wait to figure out whatever words we can use with animals and their so-called non-emotions, emotion-type things.
2: <laughs> exactly um i i I would be interested to see what words will come up, and, and you know, and maybe they are the same words, but it's just a different energy what they're doing and yeah this is this is actually one of the things um that I get very often is when animals are not being asked about certain things, some of them- really really take that and um yeah, and can really hold on to that and although they're not really truly holding on to things but They can hold on to that for a while, and when you finally acknowledge that, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't ask you about this situation, um, then they can let it go with a lot more ease and things really change. And that is, you know, like you say, bringing another animal into the family um, without asking them is one thing moving, you know – changing things in the house, like sometimes even moving a bed, like some animals are like, you didn't ask me, I like where my bed was, or, you know, like <laughs> things like that uh, can really be, uh, you know, ha- yeah, have, a, have an impact on our lives. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> And they let us know it. They have so many fun ways of letting us know it. And actually, can you talk about that a little bit when we come back? We're going to take a quick little break. Um, and then maybe you can give some tips on, because um, we're going to be, that last segment's really quick. Some tips on how, you know, cats are, communi- or cats, pets, animals, any of them are communicating with us. We tend to punish instead of asking questions about why this is occurring or what's going on. So can you give a little bit, when we come back, some tips, um, some quick little tips on how to um, go from the punishment to the questions or how to, how to start creating that relationship? Um mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So this is Danielle. This is Right Body For You, a special guest, Susie Godsey, and we're on AtoZen.fm and we will be right back.
0: What if your body could be an ease and not a burden? What would life be like if you could enjoy your body? What if changing your body was easier than we've been taught? And what if it's not about the latest fad? Join Danielle each week on Right Body For You as she explores what bodies are and the ease of change that's possible. Each week, you will receive inspirational stories of those who've used the Right Body for You energetic tools to change their body and the tools that they used, tools that you can begin to use immediately. Listen for Right Body for You every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm.
3: Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Dane here, and I would like to invite you to an adventure in being. I've just written and finished a new book known as Being You, Changing the World. Are you one of those dreamers? One of those people who's always known that other possibilities should be available but haven't yet been able to see them be created? Well, I wrote this book for you. In it, you'll find tools, processes, and unique perspectives to change the things you've always wanted to change but didn't know how. In it, you'll find an invitation to a different possibility for a way that we can be in this world, That changes not only our lives, but by being us, allows us to contribute to changing everything planet-wide that doesn't work. Are you aware that truly great people, truly being them, is the only thing that has ever created a great change on this planet? Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to be one? Check out a copy of my new book, Being You, Changing the World. I invite you to go to beingyoubook.com for a free gift.
1: Hello, welcome back to Right Body for You. This is Danielle, and today I have my special guest, Susie Godsey, uh animal whisperer, animal player, animal just person extraordinaire. Um and you know what? She works really well with people bodies too. I'm just saying her talents are not only <laughs> with animal bodies, um, she has an incredible effect on people bodies as well. Um, so you know, we're we're quickly running out. I and mean, the last segment seems always go so quickly. But, you know, Susie, if you could give <laughs> some little tips. Uh, <laughs> because, like, I know this woman who her one of her cats keeps pooping outside the litter box. And she just is so pissed at her. Oh, I just want to bash her head in. And I want to get rid of her and, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, ah, what's really going on? Um, and so what's some tips you can give to people instead of, like, going into punishment mode? Uh, what can they can do when things that are what people may judge as bad or misbehavior or anything like that, what can people do with that?
2: Yeah, um, you will be surprised. Um, ask a question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: you know, the, <laughs> the biggest thing here is really, again, is to be willing to ask questions and And, you know, everything, every behavior of an animal is is different from another animal's behavior. So just because one cat pisses outside of the litter box and maybe she literally is pissed about something, which is a possibility, doesn't mean that every cat pissing outside the litter box is pissed. It could be that the animal is really trying to communicate with you about something that is going on in their lives, you know. Um, So, for example, I've had animals misbehave to have their people become aware of their body issues. They had something going on with their body. They needed to go to the vet. They needed to have something being addressed on that level. So it can be even that. Um, so, But before we go into this thing of, like, my animal is misbehaving, and now I have to show him his boss or I have to, like, let them know that this is not appropriate, um, please ask the question. So is this behavior out of spite, or is it out of a necessity to communicate with me and communicate something maybe that I haven't been willing to hear? Um, And if you get a yes or not, then ask more questions, okay, so what is this? What What are you communicating with this behavior? What are you trying to make me aware of that I haven't been willing to be aware of? And most people will say, oh, God, I have no idea what my animal is saying, or I don't know how to do this. It's really not the how. It's just do it, and then let allow the universe to show you what might be coming up for you, rather than like going into conclusion of like I'm not an animal communicator. I don't know how to do this, because to be honest, you all know how to do it. Um, you just haven't been practicing it, and you have been making those little feather chats of awareness. The the part that that you are sort of brushing away most of the time. So how often have you known something and then you go, oh, well, this wasn't for real or, you know, all this kind of stuff where you just kind of flip it away and sort of brush it off and go, those are the moments where I would say, would you be willing to start to listen to them more and actually stop yourself and go, oh, wait a minute, that thing that I normally brush away, here it is. So what is this? What is it telling me? What is being asked of me right now, and and to go with that, because your animals are so so willing to be, you know, basically to be your communicator, to be your your partner in all of this. They are not really here to to be against you, for the most part. There's always exceptions <laughs> to all of that, but I yes. think. I think this is really, your best
1: friend is the question, so. <laughs> well, and you know, and there's so much more, Susie. This is, I know, I say this all the time. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Would you uh, give your details, how to get a hold of you? I know you do private sessions with the person and the animal and classes, so will you give us information on how to get a hold of you, please?
2: <laughs> sure, uh, I'm actually currently working on my website, so hopefully it's going to get way, way more friendly to use. But you can find me easy on it. At least it's uh, suzygodsey.com. So my full name, Susi it's with the Z Y G O D S E Y dot com. So.
1: Cool. Yeah, and like I said, and I've seen her do sessions with the animal at herself or one-on-one. It's really interesting to see. So check it out. Susie's amazing. Um, she's one of my favorite people in the world. She has a gift, a contribution to things. <laughs> and watching her interact with animals has actually helped me interact with bodies, my body as well as other people's bodies. Um, so check out her classes. I know she has more horse clinics coming up. Um, she's just so amazing, so thank you, Susie, for taking time out of the jungle time and working with horses, she's there working (laughs) on horses today to join us, thank you. (laughs) Um, Yes, and
2: thank you, Danielle, you are the best, I just want to say that, too, because I I so enjoy hanging out with you, and your awareness of bodies, and I always learn so much from you, as well, with being around bodies, and Danielle, how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you for <laughs> well, your wonderful oh, ways of facilitating them? Oh, I love you guys.
1: Um, you can find me on uh, my website, Danielle.com, also more user-friendly, um, and on the accessconsciousness.com site. I'm, you can find my classes list there, including the new telecall coming up with Access founder Gary Douglas, addressing the lies of obesity, getting the marketing together for that, and... It's very interesting. I listened to something I recorded, and I cried. I'm like, wow, that was kind of interesting. Of course, I never pretend to be in charge of it anyways. It's the energy, not me. Um, So, yes, and I'm coming to Toronto to do a Right Body for You two and a half day workshop. So, all right, we are out of time, so check it out. Thank you, guys, for everybody for joining us. Make it a fun week. Make it a happy week. And be back next week. We will be. Thanks, Susie. Thanks, Christine. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Right Body for You. Danielle will return next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Mountain, and 11 a.m. Pacific on A to Zen We hope you and your body will join us.